You're listening to Casual Talk Radio, where common sense is still the norm. Whether you're a new or a longtime listener, we appreciate you joining us today. Visit us at casualtalkradio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Good morning, everybody out there. I am switching up today's episode. It's going to be a pretty short episode. It's very topical. One specific topic came to my desk and I felt like I wanted to talk about it and I do have to tread carefully because unfortunately censorship is still rampant. It's less than what it was, but it's still rampant and I don't want that to happen. So I think it's important to share my opinion and I'm going to state just on record. It doesn't really matter what you or I think about the underlying cause. I'm talking really more about the downstream impact on this one. So news are circling around that just came out very recently around from the CDC where they said that apparently childhood vaccination exemptions, so we're talking where the parents are filing, you know, whether it's religious or some other belief, an exemption for their children to get uh, vaccines. And of course, if you don't know, at least it used to be the case, and I think it still is, but used to be that there was a requirement for certain vaccines, you know, uh, MMR, uh, mumps, measles, rubella, uh, flu, um, and others, you were required to take those as a prerequisite to even being enrolled. And largely what would happen is your kid, you know, your kid gets born and as they get a little bit older, old enough to not, you know, react, then they would start this cycle of uh, injections. And here's the thing back in the days. So we're talking seventies, eighties, they were telling parents that certain of them were permanent. You only need it one time for the lifetime and you're good to go. I know MMR in particular, they told people that this is permanent. You only need to get it one time and you're covered for life. It wasn't until later. And I want to say that was like late nineties. They came out and said, okay, what we told you that wasn't really true. And you're going to have to do a booster set to kind of keep up with it. Well, AIDS comes around roughly around this time. There is no known vaccine. There's no known cure. You're able to manage it. But the point is we start seeing the rise of certain other of these diseases coming out that are unrelated. But the point is, is that it seems like there's always some new something. Ebola comes around, tuberculosis became a thing and tuberculosis had a significantly high death rate at the time. And so people start to question, number one, are the vaccines causing some of the illnesses that we're experiencing? And number two, how come it's that we can do vaccines for certain things, but we can't really cure these. And there was a theory way back yonder. So we're talking, old days like, you know, Black Plague and others, where people are questioning, is it, are these man-made? All these questions are coming up. Where I'm going with this is that some people say that this whole exemption rate spike is due to hesitancy around COVID. And I'm here to say, I don't believe that it's hesitancy around COVID. I believe what's, ha- and I don't even think it's a distrust even of the jab. That's part of it. But I think really what's driving this type of deal What happened in 2021, late 2020, mostly 2021, should never have happened. I'm talking broad span. I'm talking, literally, you had the president go up there, what are you waiting for, man? And then threatening, telling employers they have to basically fire people if you don't comply. We had a a form of apartheid for 2021. That, I believe, is what's driving some of this because of a distrust. If you have to force somebody to do something, it causes you to question what's in this now because you, you didn't have a compelling argument. You're not convincing people. And the truth is some people are simply not going to do it for one reason or another. Some people may have immunodeficiencies, right? Where they have to take it. 
Some people are elderly. We knew they were compromised. Some people are obese. We knew they're compromised. Some people might go in like planes or trains or certain events, and they may be vulnerable themselves. What the government did is they said, we're just going to force the issue to protect them in complete disregard of the rights of the other side. And that's where it went south because then it got labeled as the alt-right or the far-right or Trump fans. Or, and that's not true. I know plenty of people on both sides of the fence who simply did not like forcing of a thing down somebody's, in this case, veins against their will in disregard of their personal rights. Churches being forced to close, right? Where but previously this, is, this has been touchless. You would never even think of approaching that topic. And yet for whatever reason, it became perfectly acceptable to force all these businesses, to force churches, to force schools, to completely close, what happens? Amazon and Walmart and all these other delivery services start spiking. Their stocks start skyrocketing. So then who gets enriched? It's the wealthy, obviously. People are forced to stay home against their will. Groceries, we start to have an issue. We start to have an issue with stock in stores. We start to have all these problems. And it all starts from this forced narrative of we're just going to force the issue and we're going to tell the employers to basically say, screw you. They took away certain benefits that you were entitled to that started under the Trump administration for things like rent. Well, then the property managers, they're getting screwed because the states are dragging their feet on getting this aid to the person, to the applicant, when really what could have happened and should have probably happened is to say that the government is ultimately, you know what, we're going to put the bill, your, your resident does not have to do paperwork. You don't have to do paperwork. All you have to do is send us your accounting, who's in what apartment and how much you're charging for it, and we'll put you right. We're not. There's no going to be any profit in this one. We're going to make you right. You can charge them 10% of the current rent and we'll eat the rest, right? Do that for a finite period of time. No red tape. No having to sit there and fight it and do all this other stuff. They just have to prove that there's actually tenants in each unit that they're asking for compensation for. A very simple easy process, take the tenant out of it. Instead, what you had is the tenant had to apply for something. It sometimes took three weeks. Meanwhile, your property manager's threatening you to the point that some states, because the feds wouldn't do it, some states had to get involved and ban evictions. Well, that affects the property manager because they're forced to pay property taxes, and that was not exempted. They're forced to keep the lights on, utilities in certain places. That's not exempted. The utility companies, they, well, we got all these plans and you can apply for this for the federal subsidy, this, that, and the other. You do that, it's wrapped into the same thing as here. So you're waiting three months to get that compensation, fighting to get it, the unemployment situation. In some states, they told you, because the feds told them, no, don't worry about the job search, just do it, just pay it, whatever. Certain states drug their feet and they fought it and they took months to process the application during this, they purposely slowed it down. During the period where you were eligible for these funds without having to do the job search, they slowed the process down, claiming they don't have staff to the point they were getting sued. This is all over the web. Later, when the that expires and the job search requirement can come back, all of a sudden they're, okay, we're ready to process your application now. Show us your job search records. So then it's clear what they were doing. What they were doing is they were slowing the wheels of progress on the business side. There were the PPP loans and the EIDL loans that were available under the Trump administration it was relatively easy to get access to the loans. I don't like that you had to go to a bank to get it because that just enriched the bankers. But the point is it was easy to get access to the loans for what it was. Then later under Biden's administration, they added a bunch of hoops and red tape to the process to where essentially, even if you were eligible for the loan, you couldn't get it. 
So now a bunch of businesses are left in the lurch because they're expecting to get more money because they opened up the, they opened it up more. And this was held over money that you were actually entitled to that was budgeted. So it's not like it was new money. It was budgeted that it should have been more. They tiptoed into it and then they opened it up. When Biden came in, he locked down on the requirements. The fund was still there, but he locked the requirements to make it harder to get to it. So then people are trying to apply. They can't get approved because of all these hoops of having to send this form and this form, some of which came from the IRS. The IRS got slammed because the Biden administration expanded child care credits and they opened that up. And so then the IRS was overstaffed and they couldn't keep up with that alone, much less these other requirements, which happened to be a manual process. You had to do it by mail through the IRS. Well, they don't have the staff for that. We knew that that was all strategic. They did that to slow the wheels of progress. They did that to make it to where you couldn't get the money and dangle that carrot. My point is, and the reason I told the whole roundabout story is that it all comes together now. It all comes together and the government can be dissatisfied with the hesitancy we now see. But the hesitancy was caused by that same government trying to force an issue and essentially a form of apartheid and threatening people's livelihoods I'm not talking just the individual. I'm talking even businesses, property managers, store owners. There are tons of stores that close that cannot, they cannot recover from what they lost during 2021. This is a response. Causality, action, reaction, cause and effect. This is a response to the way the government handled 2021, largely under the Biden administration. The way they handled it was wrong. Him going on the air, and it was Biden that did this, going on the air, basically putting out an executive order, forcing employers to discriminate against people and fire them if they didn't stick something in their arm. Now you just turn the people against you. That's literally what happened. You turn the people against you. You told the people they don't matter. All that matters is your agenda. You got Fauci up there basically saying, well, it's out there. We just got to get more people to take it. You never sold them on why it was the right thing for them. And you never acknowledged what makes sense for them. And then you had people where, for their own personal, you know, I'm afraid, I'm immunocompromised, I'm afraid so you should force everybody around me, was never correct, right? Those people should have been required, you know what, you may need to isolate. I even said people coming from overseas should be required to isolate for about a month just to keep safe, be tested, make sure we can detect it on the way in before releasing them to the wider public. That's largely what North Korea did. And they stayed largely immune from the virus until they opened up the borders and then all of a sudden they started getting the pandemic. All I'm saying is, is that we, we switched it wrong. What we did is we catered to the minority set and we ignored the majority set. As a result, more people were harmed than needed to be. And the numbers thrown out about the death rate, we still had to look at statistics of the ones that were directly impacted. Again, those with comorbidities, those with elder, you know, elderly and immunocompromised. Well, that's every virus. That's every illness. I'm not downplaying any sort of impact of a pandemic. I'm saying that the way the government handled it was wrong. What they should have simply said is, if you know you're compromised, if you're in this group that's compromised, we strongly recommend you get it. We're going to put it out there. We believe it's safe. We believe we're going to make it as accessible as we can. No charge to you whatsoever. You don't have to violate your privacy. You don't have to subject to these scans. Your employers, no, we're not, you, you are not allowed to fire somebody for their personal choices, just like they're not allowed to fire for their personal religious beliefs. It's the same thing. But instead, they trampled on the rights in their quest to try to force a thing, and they harmed a lot of people. That harm, they never forgot. The people never forgot. And so this is a flashback because it, I don't even think it's around this specific jab. I think it's a larger issue of 
if you got to the point where you felt like you had to force something, you literally had to go and deal and cause people to lose their jobs. You had to cause businesses to shut down. You had to cause us not to be able to get the food that we needed, cause our kids not to be able to go to schools. You did all this disruption. You forced all that government. And now you have the gall to still try to put this requirement over here. No, nah, we're not doing it anymore. That's what I think this is. I, I'm saying I don't even think it's around COVID specifically. I think it's in general. I think if they had taken a better approach of being able to sell the public and realize you're not going to sell 100%. That's just the truth. Everybody's human, basic human rights, individual rights should always have been respected. Then you have to be able to have a good sales pitch. You have to put out data and show transparency of all the data, not just select pick data. Millions died. It's let's put out all the data. Okay. No, we have not gone through the full testing of this. No, it has not gone through the full cycle of this. We still think it's safe. And here's what we believe. And we'd like to put it out there. It's still your right. Everybody's rights are going to be respected with this because we understand we've got some work to do. We just want to understand. We just want you to understand this is an urgent thing to us. And we, we really would like you to do that. And you sell it. If you suck at selling, then you suck at selling. People are not going to, you're not going to get hundred percent saturation. Once all the studies are done, if it turns out, okay, looks like this does have some long-term impacts to take this stuff and there's a risk. What's that risk? Put a percentage and then let the person decide, you know, if you, if you feel statistically and be honest, if you feel statistically, this thing over here has a 10% chance of killing you because you're in reasonably good shape, but there's still a chance to kill you. And then what's going in there has a 30% chance of killing you because of what it is. Let the person weigh it because maybe that 10% is really important to them. Maybe they are afraid of, you know, harming somebody in their family, like an elderly person or somebody, right? Everybody is, most everybody is smart enough to make their own decisions. Sell it. Sell it and put out all the transparent data. Make it clear. I, they didn't do that. They caused panic and fear, just like back in the AIDS days with Ryan White. That's, that's exactly what this was again. I believe people are pushing back, and I believe that the government caused that, right? Well, now what's happened? What's happened now is the stocks of all these companies that benefit in 2021 are starting to crap out. People are getting laid off. People are getting cut because people aren't needed anymore. The, st the services are no longer in demand. People fought and said, you know what? I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back to work, go back to school, go back to whatever. In whatever, even employers are no longer forcing some of this stuff. I know employers that hired people saying there wouldn't be a mandate. And then after they hired the person said, okay, effective next year, there's going to be a mandate, which is bait and switch. Fortunately, most states treat that as a forced termination because you change the terms, right, of the employment. Well, that hurts the job market, which hurts the larger economy, and our jobless numbers start spiking. It all ties together, which is why I'm telling all of these. It's a larger issue. It's not just around, well, they just don't like, you know, with the COVID stuff. That's not just what it is. That's one factor of many. And the lesson to be learned from this is you should not and cannot trample on people's rights. In your quest to do something, it's it's wrong. It's close to Hitler, right? You can't do that. You've got to step back and say, we just need to be good at selling it, and we need to be transparent about the data. And if the data shows that there's a high risk of doing it to the human body, okay, then let the person choose. And some of them may just say, screw that. It's not worth it, and you have to be okay with that. And then the people who are squawking because they are personally compromised you provide outlets for them to be safe. That's where you provide those exemptions. Things like these people are exempted from being forced to come into an office employer. You cannot force them to come into an office if their job allows them to work from home. They're allowed to work from home. 
You cannot have schools that say you're forced to take this thing. If you're going to be on the dorm, you're going to be kicked out of the school. You cannot allow, no, we're not letting you do that. If the student can learn from home, you need to set up that framework because you need to accommodate. If this were somebody who's disabled in a wheelchair, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Why is it different there? But it's on this one, we're doing it this way. It's because it was strategic. It was strategic in what they were trying to do while Fauci was being enriched by the business. And instead of doing it right, we then deflected, right? And the deflection was January 6th. January 6th gave the opportunity. This is what I didn't like about Donald Trump is January 6th gave ammunition to distract from the underlying problem that we still have. January 6th allowed them to simply say, look, look, insurrection, dude, dude. Although video evidence shows it was not an insurrection. You had a couple of nutcases who decided to do whatever. I would remind you, every government building is essentially a public installation. However, once you start breaching the security boundaries, you have a problem. However, we saw security and Capitol Police fist pumping and all this other stuff with some of these alleged insurrectionists. There's questions that need to be answered. I would rather that whole thing never have happened at all because it distracted from the problem that's still here, which is you got people now that are hesitant in having their kids vaccinated. And that scares me because you got to realize that certain of them are probably okay. I think MMR is probably okay. I think for kids, I think the flu is actually okay. I think some of these, the foundational three, I think they're perfectly fine. Once you start going above and beyond that, I've got, I've got some issues because I don't believe once you start getting into adulthood that you should be required to do it. You make it available. Always free, that's another problem, always free, private, as in why is it you can get an abortion and it's private, but this one you have to divulge all sorts of information about yourself. Like to me, I understand why they do it, it's statistics. But the point is you need to, privacy needs to be added and maintained. And once you turn an adult, if we're going to say that by the time you turn 18, you're old enough to smoke and by the time you turn 21, you're old enough to drink, then why are you not old enough to make the decision of what you put in your body, my body, my choice, it's the same thing. I'm simply saying this report is concerning. I'm summary here. I'm, it's concerning. I don't want to see kids have to go through what people had to go through in the 60s and the 70s again because of actions of the government. This is not about the denials. This is not about the people who are hesitant. This is about the government and the way they handle the situation. And people are pushing back. You shouldn't want them to push back. But when you attack them the way that this government administration did, this is this is the natural causality of it. And we should never allow that to happen again. So I'm 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 imploring everybody listening. And I'll share this and I'll try to get as much spread as I can. I'm imploring everybody listening. What the government did was wrong. I don't care that you supported forcing something in somebody's arm. You were wrong if you supported that because you should never force anything. Government should not be forcing anything. That's not their role. It never has been, nor should it be. Young people think it should be because they don't understand, because they've been raised, coddled, protected, as opposed to conditioned to do for yourself. This doesn't mean you're alone. The government should play a supporting role in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They should never dictate or govern how you get there or what you can or can't do. That was never the right answer. Doing it that way, you lose all sorts of freedoms, you lose all sorts of rights, and people are more harmed than you might think. And if I can reach any sort of young folks to understand why that made sense, I encourage you to do some research in the past. I'm not the single voice in this one. This is historic. This is decades of messaging they should have been teaching in schools, and maybe they stopped, and that's another problem. We should never allow the government to impose and force things to try to make a minority group happy. 
I don't care what the minority group is. I don't care what the cause is. It never works. And I'll be talking about at some point later, I don't know when, because we're not going to have another episode till next week. Maybe, I don't know, on video, I'll think about it. But I'm going to be talking about the, not in depth, but the whole situation with the, quote, anti-Semitic comments from Eli Musk, which you may or may not be aware of. I certainly tried to follow it, and it's it's a convoluted mess because I'm not part of the population. So I understand why it's so challenging. And there's, again, two sides, and there's a summary of that one, which is what I've been saying, which is that you cannot do something that caters to the, the needs of one group at the detriment of everybody else, which is essentially what that is. That's, that's the bottom line of that whole nonsense. It's the same thing here. Pattern after pattern after pattern of if you're, if you're doing something that caters to one loud group when they're loud at a point in time and you are at the detriment of everybody else, you're just going to piss everybody else off and you're causing the same disruption in antithesis to Biden's screens for unity. That's the last thing he's done. He didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Look up that song. He didn't start it. I'm not saying he did. I'm saying that he stoked it. He stoked it with his actions and inactions where he's doing the same thing. He's just like Obama, catering to one group of people at the detriment of everybody else. That's got to stop. And nor can we just simply allow everybody to all be kumbaya and happy. The truth is somebody's going to be pissed off with everything that we do. But we have to be good salesmen about why certain things make sense and why we focus in certain directions and what it is that we're fixing. And then realize somebody's going to be pissed off and be cool with that. And it's not an attack. But when you stage it in a way that's going to open that attack vector, you got what you got. You got what you expected, right? People are going to react like with this, with the whole anti-Semitic business and everything else. Snow woke. It's all the same thing. Like, think about it. It's all the same thing. All of them are just catering to one group of people, a minority group of people, because they feel like they have to do that because they feel like that group's underserved for their specific bias. And it's at the detriment of everybody else, especially when it's trying to rewrite history. Like, that's another key. Rewriting history. This whole business with the with the jabs is trying to rewrite history. Fauci was trying to rewrite history. They literally rewrote the definition of what a vaccine is rewriting history. This whole anti-Semitic is trying to rewrite history, everything. And the whole tick. And that's why I don't do TikTok Cause I know it's accessible. Them trying to rewrite history with the Osama bin Laden letter. At some point, maybe I'll get into that one. Like all of these have the same root cause. You are trying to cater to one minority group of people at the detriment of everybody else. You're dismissive of everybody else. You don't care because you have a singular thing. If you listen to Martin Luther King's speech, I'm wrapping up here. If you listen to Martin Luther King's speech, at no point in that speech did he literally just say, you know, it's about black people, period. No, he did not. He was advocating for everybody to essentially get along and be equal. Okay, and this is Martin Luther King, one of the signature figures at the, at the time, figures for what we were trying to do for civil rights. But he was, he was not advocating that, it's, okay, it's just black people just need to get our reparations or whatever. Black people are just this or that. It was always about equality and getting along together. So how is it that that now fast forward, and I don't think they teach this anymore, fast forward, that was never the messaging of any of these other people. And instead it's, I'm just going to go after my people that are oppressed. Cool, but you cannot ignore all the other groups that have their own level of oppression for their own reasons and for their own at, the, at their time, at the specific times. That's all I'm saying. I think 
in my opinion, I share it. I think all of this ties together. Whether it's a jab, whether it's a walking in the store, whether it's closing down a business, whatever, it's all the same thing. You're catering to one minority group of people. That's a detriment of everybody else. And that just makes it worse. We're not in a state of unity, nor are we close to a state of unity. Worldwide, countrywide, none of it. Can I make the case that social media contributed a little bit? Absolutely, because that's where a lot of the voices came around fears, around the shots, and then suppression that happened. So, and the anti-Semitic, that's again, social media. All these things are social media either originated, driven, or sparked. I think we are not closer right now to resolving the issue. I don't know that we ever will. I figured I'd share because when I saw this news, everybody's ignoring the underlying real problem, I think. 